today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Every week at this time, we get to talk about the the stuff that is happening in the world of technology and the amazing thing you would think. You would think, you know, maybe we would run out of things to talk about because, I mean, how much technology can there be happening, growing, building, advancing? We we could do this every single day if we wanted. That's how much there is. Adam Oldfield with Tech Talk joins us now. Adam, how are you today? I'm awesome, Scott. Thanks for having me. Uh, I say we could do this every day and never run out of things to talk about. Absolutely. I, I think every day is a new discussion on, you know, at first it was little things, you know, when there was like really one mobile provider out there, like, you know, BlackBerry and so forth. And now uh, we're talking metaverse, we're talking crypto, we're discussing EV. Elon Musk is creating microchips to help us get better control of our neurological systems. I mean, this is all tech now, Scott. There is no other, there, there, you know, all the other items we talk about, the week, they're not as exciting as when it gets to tech <laughs> talk at 11.30 on Fridays. I can tell you so that. So ju- just, just for a second, a few sentences ago, were you still talking in English that whole time? Because there was some stuff there I wasn't really sure if that was the language that I normally speak. I, I'm um, listen, let's, uh, let, yeah, well, th- there's a bunch of stuff there. When, uh, when, when the real techie people start talking in real techie language, I, I sometimes feel like it's Trekkie language. I mean, it's like Klingon or something, but uh, I'll, I'll try to keep up. Let us begin with something. Now, I know this happened to you the other day where um, you got a request on either Facebook or Instagram or something for someone to respond. This has happened to almost everybody by now where you get something and then frantically, 10 minutes after you've responded, the person who had sent you that goes, hey, wait, I've been hacked. Don't respond. Whatever you do, this will end your life and ruin your entire computer system if you respond, but you already have responded. What do we do about this? Because it seems like you know Facebook and Instagram and all these other ones can't do anything. How do we... When I get a a friend request from Adam Oldfield and I genuinely go, hey, Adam wants to be my friend. Okay, click. How do I know? How do I know that I'm being set up? Well, it, you know, it's a great question. In fact, this past week, while Bill Kelly was off, I actually received a Instagram message from Bill Kelly, and at first it had his photo and his content and everything with it, and it was comical because I'm looking at it thinking. Well, first of all, you must have a lot of time on your hands, Bill. Um, and further, he wasn't really speaking to me as if we were friends. So your first indication is to really pay attention. Does this sound like somebody I know that's actually communicating with me? Now, I talk to Bill every week. We do this show. And the first thing it says is, uh, hi there, Adam. I would like to tell you about a great opportunity. And I'm thinking to myself, Bill, that I, you're not telling me about any opportunities, followed by a website I should go to and how he just received $50,000 us now maybe it was bill and he's now running away i don't know or he's hiding with his money that he got online but i'll tell you um it's a great question you asked how do you protect yourself against facebook and and instagram or linkedin identities that aren't who they really are and i think one of the things you have to be very careful of is when they're sending you links to things like you could be making money you could be look how much money i made um if anyone's telling you this and you are not like tight in a conversation with them, or they said, hey, I just worked eight hours and I I just got my minimum wage increased. Look how much money I made. That is, you know, an indication that it's probably fake. So use your um, brain, use your brain. Yeah, use logic, really kind of look at it and think, is this something I would be having a conversation with or discussing with this person? So um, be very careful that they're really looking for a few things, Scott. Number one, especially now, 
They're paying attention to trying to get you to give them more info. They're looking for uh, like relations to, uh, you know, for example, sign up for this website to get money. Well, the first thing they're going to ask is set up a website uh, or set up a password with an email address. Well, now they've got just a, just enough information that it's probably a password you might have used somewhere else. Number two, they're going to ask your address. They're going to ask for a phone number. You are just giving this data away uh, in a, to actually someone that could cause you harm. So be very, very cognizant of that. They want you to get information or they want to get money from you. They want revenue in some way, whether it's uh, here, try to give me a, a, you know, a, a check or an e-transfer. At my agency, Scott, this last week, actually, my staff, which uh, we have an office in Vancouver. And in that time, I have staff that I, you know, I talk to, but I don't know very well. Um, and the email said, hey, send me your cell phone number. I'm really busy right now. I'm going <laughs> to the doctor. And they were trying to use a CEO, which is my status at my agency, to try and get the staff to try and communicate, make me give permission. Um, to send money, which I don't know how or who they thought they were going to fool because the real caveat that they knew it wasn't me was at the end of every email I sent to all my 40 staff was thank you. I don't say thank you. So anyway, everyone knew it wasn't me when they got that CEO email. (laughs) So anyway, the point is be very careful. Watch what you see when you're getting these messages from people and know that they're either trying to get your, your, your profile, your password, or they want money from you. Yeah, and I just I, a number of years ago, I remember going on one of these sites. I won't say which to protect it from its own stupidity. And a, a deceased relative of mine had just liked something, and I and, and it was like, wait a second, okay, some something. This system is not working very well because I checked to make sure. Does anyone else in the family use their account? No. Okay. Um, be wise. Be careful. Yes, we'll, we'll move along from that. But just a, a word to the wise, because it's everywhere now. I mean, it is everywhere now that this stuff is happening. Yeah, that's right. Probably, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, probably maybe a little more than 20 years ago, maybe less. Uh, if you had a BlackBerry device, you were the coolest person in the world before the iPhone. The BlackBerry was... Well, it was El Primo. I mean, remember, it was the BlackBerry that got Jim Balsillie all the money that was going to get him to bring an NHL team to Hamilton. And he was one of the richest and most successful and most tech savvy ahead of the curve guys in the world that was going to be owning our NHL team. BlackBerry kind of wrapped up this week, didn't they? Oh, man, I'll tell you, honestly, Scott, BlackBerry was a favorite of mine. I loved it for all of its security reasons, all of the features it was capable of doing. And if you, well, everyone who's using a BlackBerry that has 7.1 or older has now discovered that it is no longer active. Uh, In fact, I've been doing Tech Talk with Bill Kelly for so long. I remember featuring the Playbook tablet on the show before it was released to everyone, before iPads were even at its at its maximum level. They had just started. So it was officially announced this, this past week, and you've probably been notified by your provider, BlackBerry has officially been closed. Um, interesting statistic is, as you mentioned, Basili was the gentleman from Waterloo that was one of the uh, developers of that product. 2010, that BlackBerry controlled 48% of the world's mobile devices. That was only 2010. And in only a matter of five years, when, when of course, the iPhone came out in 2007, 
Uh, it just you know changed the world, flipped that upside down. Uh, it fell to 5.9% to the year 2022. Here we are in January and BlackBerry's now shut off. Now, to be clear, BlackBerry's not gone. Uh, Research in Motion, which was renamed, is still working on its quantum, uh, which is their software security systems, which they have pretty much every mobile phone has about 70 or 80 patents that are owned by BlackBerry. So let's be clear, BlackBerry's making 5 billion or more a year. And if you are so dedicated, and Scott, my mom is a huge BlackBerry fan. I mean, she before the holidays, she got the message um, and cried. What am I going to do? I said, let's move you to a new phone, mom. We got Android. We got, I, no, I got to have a BlackBerry. I ended up going and finding there's, uh, it was made by TCL. Uh, the BlackBerry Key 1 or the Key 2 still exists. And mobile um, One Mobility, which is a company out of Texas, is licensing another BlackBerry that will be 5G and will now be available to come out this coming year. So they claimed last year it was coming out. It is still on the market to, to roll out. But BlackBerry is just ending for the older units. They are pretty much paperweights. Uh, anything new, though, uh, coming out, it still has a, a chance to exist. And my mom, by the way, loves me very dearly, Scott. Mm. I got her, I got her a Blackberry. <laughs> it runs on Android and, and I'm still the number one son of the year. I can tell you that. Well, so did Blackberry mess up or were they simply eclipsed by the iPhone because a, a device that offered some things that other people like better just flew by it? Was Blackberry asleep at the switch to let this happen? Or is this just what happens in tech business that someone comes out with something that people like more and it, that's the way it goes? You know what? It's a great, great question and a phenomenal case study when it comes to business and technology. And, you know, my analogy is I've been following this for years is that BlackBerry was like, again, 48% of the market. You tend to feel like you've got a little bit of uh, uh, control and authority that it's going to take a while for people to tear you down. I think there was a, a little bit of misconception. And I mean, it was even noted in an interview that Basili made a comment of, I'm not fearful of the iPhone. It's more of a gadget for games than it is a business tool. BlackBerry is going to continue to be a, a tool for the government, a tool for business, which is our focus. Um, they faltered on that because what they should have done with their operating system was they didn't license it effectively. They didn't integrate it clearly and make partnerships that it should have. Uh, if BlackBerry at the time did partner earlier with Android, this would be a different discussion we're having today. Um, but they were very, very, uh, I would say, proud and too much pride uh, in respects to being able to think that they could be toppled or uh, taken down. BlackBerry has great uh, solidity. I mean, we saw that with the Kardashians. We saw that with you know Barack Obama. He refused to get rid of his BlackBerry. Those are pretty powerful individuals to give you market credibility. But the reality is, it's the it's the general public that is on the product. I mean, BlackBerry Messenger was the most popular messaging system on the market. It had no other competitors. They did not license it to other platforms. Again, another big downfall that I think Apple's going to learn with iMessage. Until it actually figures out how to market its messaging platform, they also could be, I say I say this with a bit of tongue in cheek, obviously, Scott, because Apple's a $3 trillion company. But then again, you know what? 48% of the mobile market was owned by BlackBerry in 2000. I was just, so anything can happen. I was just going to say that, like, it, it seems so unlikely that the iPhone could be surpassed, but if somebody, some company came out with this new brilliant idea that could do some, most of the same things the iPhone does, plus add some thing we've never thought of before to this thing, 
I mean, is it impossible that Apple, that iPhone could be surpassed someday? Well, it's interesting you bring this up. And this year is going to be very, very interesting from a point of where Samsung fits. Um, when I say that, because Samsung's growth market in folding phones has far surpassed their expectations. So the folding, uh, uh, they have their two Fold uh, 3 and, and the Samsung folding phone. They have really launched in a, in a degree that they're stealing market penetration from Apple. Um, you know, Apple's got some great announcements that are coming out. And of course, if you haven't heard, Apple's a $3 trillion company. It's been able to achieve that through market penetration into China. But when we look at where the future of mobile phones are going, um, you know, LG's out of the market. They claimed last year that we're done, we're tired. They had such great, phenomenal products on the market. Um, they were the leaders when it came to new innovative products. But there's a company out of San Diego called ICAN, and this is actually phenomenal. It is a device that actually connects to your existing mobile phone, potentially even to be its own unit, and it will give a transparent 3D hologram. So uh, as you're talking right now, as you have, you know, Zoom and Teams and, you know, uh, FaceTime, whatever your video conferencing, it's very flat, very two-dimensional. This is actually a 3D image that will crystallize on your phone and be able to give that perspective of looking in someone as if they're three-dimensionally having a conversation. It looks very much like a, a transporter from Star Trek uh, where you're looking at someone with a hologram popping up. Um, but this is already rolling out. It's just coming out this year. So to answer the question of where is mobile uh, computer moving, if Apple doesn't really find a way to innovate its products, they're, they're again, they're selling so many units, but that's because they're just in a new market that wasn't there before. So if they don't look at a way to reinvent themselves or come up with that folding Apple phone, um, which isn't coming out this year, it's only going to be the goggles. They may they may have a, an uphill battle to try and hold their uh, sustain their market where they are currently. What you just described, all of a sudden I'm having a flashback to 1977 in the opening scenes of Star Wars when Princess Leia's hologram pops out of R2-D2 and says, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only... I mean, that's that sounds like... 40 years, 50 years later, what you're talking about that we're potentially looking at for real. Absolutely. I mean, when we talk about that perspective, there is a, a you know, right now there's, there's a box. It's actually a light box. If you can imagine human size, six feet tall, it's about $60,000 US. It was used by a Swiss uh, uh, watch company where the, uh, the, the CEO didn't want to travel due to COVID. So they shipped a $60,000 box over to a, a conference in Asia. And the CEO was capable through a full body visual. And I mean, really crisp, Scott, like we're not talking that Star Wars 1977, where it's kind of blurry, pixely kind of idea. This was unbelievably clear. And it was using cameras and angles. The, the gentleman and the CEO of, of this, this uh, uh, watch company was standing on a white screen. He had multiple camera angles on him and he was in this box. Think of it as a, a, a large box with lights behind it. And it was projecting him in a three, 4D dimensional as he was looking and speaking in real time. So um, this is here, and we've seen that now with, you know, Microsoft this year is coming up with their hologram communication. Now, again, for $3,000, you're going to put this headset on, and it's not going to be very lifelike. You still got this bit of a, you know, a, a Minecraft weird pixel feel to everybody. They're kind of half missing their arms. You're going to see some hands. You might be able to generate that look 
of someone. But the reality is, is that we are now coming into uh, products that are rolling out that physically, uh, you know, Scott and Adam could be on a hologram in someone's living room on their uh, on their phones or otherwise, and you would see both our speaking heads in 3D, 4D look. Um, and this is here today. This is not one day going to happen. It's here as of now. Okay, so as cool as that sounds, do we want that? I mean, uh, and I know that I asked this, I probably asked this a lot of times, every time there's a new bit of technology, I sometimes think, do we really want, is that something that the public is clamoring for to have holograms? Or is that something that is sort of a niche kind of gimmicky thing that would be really cool to see once and then we go, okay, I don't need to spend $60,000 on that. If you were speaking to my father, the answer is no. If you're speaking to me, the answer is yes. Um, My father would be like, he still has his landline. He's just like, you can call me. Don't email me. Don't text me. Just call me. I mean, I'm one of those, hey, if I can be there uh, in multiple places at once and be able to communicate, like, you know, I gave the example, we have an office in Vancouver. I don't want to fly to Vancouver, especially during this time of year. Um, So, you know, having a hologram and video conferencing is phenomenal right now, but to do a presentation presentation and be in a meeting or have my 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 uh, uh, senior directing staff in a meeting with me and have that conversation as if we're all in the room and you know body language still speaks to a tone it it you know in person will always be the See first that okay that that okay that I can do because before like when you're talking about this guy who sent the box over to Singapore or wherever it was <laughs> I like yep. I, I'm thinking this is something that you know a, a, a strong man in North Korea is going to want to do to look like a king to be you know to, to appear do we really need our boss to do we really need to see their whole body on stage in front of us can a zoom face not suffice but you know what as you say it you're right there is still something to body language so i guess there can be in certain circumstances a real value to this absolutely i mean if if we ever saw steve jobs if Steve Jobs did nothing but a facial presentation every time he launched a product for Apple, I think it would lose its uh, magnitude so. of excitement, right? So yeah, it does play a big role when it comes to delivering, selling, communicating the message. Yeah, and and I haven't I haven't seen the one you're describing. I know that they have a hologram down at the Reagan Museum in California, the Ronald Reagan Museum. They have a hologram of him doing a speech, and it's pretty good but it's clearly not looking at Ronald Reagan, even though it, you know, is pretty good and pretty convincing. It'd be really interesting if, if, if you really can bring it to a level where you kind of have to really look really, really closely to discover if it's a real person or not. That, that, now you're getting into something though, that is mm, cool. And also let's be honest, a little freaky, a little weird. Absolutely. I mean, in Japan, they call them avatars, which is very similar to the movie that James Cameron made. And you can now, uh, I mean, they all look the same Android, but I foresee it as... We're Except talking, they're, not we'll they're not all <laughs> Except blue. They're not all blue. Except they're not all blue. And they uh, don't talk a, in nanny or whatever that language is. That's right. It's a, it's an it's a, it's a, uh, Android that you can control that you might be able to, you know, kind of put your face on it for that matter in the future versus a hologram. You might be able just to be able to control an Android, motions, actions, and it would mock and mimic all your movements. That will probably be the first stage before holograms take off. Well, we're, well, who knows if we'll be alive when the world is taken over by the hologram armies and they'll all battle achieving nothing, but it'll look really cool. Um, anyway, Adam Oldfield with Tech Talk. Always appreciate you doing this on a Friday, a Friday, well, almost afternoon. Friday morning, Adam. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Thanks, Scott. Have a great weekend. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.